Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. Sunday school. Ashley has been enjoying teaching them, and uh, she is having a good time doing that. She's teaching about creation right now, um, so she's just starting from the beginning of the Bible, and she's going to work her way through <laughs> or as long as she can. Um, <laughs> um, my my message today is. Has the ringing stopped? That's the. Now it'll make more sense as I go through my message. But have you ever had a ringing in your ear? Like it kind of just lets you know you're still alive and still ticking, right? Like I've had a ringing in my ear. It gets annoying, um, <laughs> you know. Um, sometimes, uh, <laughs> sometimes. Well, I, one thing, I, I've ran sound for a long time like since I was probably you know, 13 or 14 years old, like somehow helped out with like sound system stuff, speakers and all that stuff. And so I love having fun playing with this stuff. And so one thing that I didn't know, there's some knobs on here. If you turn them a, a little too much, you, you, get, you get squealed. And like you get the microphone close to the speaker, you have a ring. And boy, all of a sudden, it's like a shot of life. Everyone knows that, <laughs> that it's there. There is a scripture in the Bible that talks about a ringing. And it's Exodus chapter 28, verses 33 through 35. And this is, if you want to read Exodus chapter 28, it talks about the, um, it, it talks about the uh, what the priest was to do, and it talks about the uh, layout of the tabernacle and all these different things. It's a really, it's a very uh, important passage of scripture, Exodus 28. But this portion right here is very important um, in our lives. So make pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn on its lower hem, and all around it, put gold bells between them all the way around. This is specific instructions for a garment that was to be made for the high priest. Verse 34, so that the gold bells and the pomegranates alternate around the lower hem of the robe. The robe will be worn by Aaron whenever he ministers, and its sound will be heard when he enters the sanctuary before the Lord and when he exits so that he does not die. Now think about this for a moment. Like, the priest was to be heard where he went. Everything that he did, his movement, this, in, this is instructing him in his garment that every way he moves, there's going to be sound. 
And when the ringing stops, that means Aaron is dead. So let's look at the priest for the moment. We know that there were some specifics about him. In just these few short scriptures, it details the hem of his garment. <clears throat> and it shall be on Aaron to minister. So it was the responsibility of Aaron to minister. And his sound was not to be heard just in the temple. But it was when he entered the holiest of holies, you were to hear that sound. Whenever he exited the temple, you were to hear that sound. It was never to stop. That meant he had to continue to move when he was there. So there's something to moving in God's presence. We can't, we, we don't get stuck. And when God's presence come in, just don't be afraid of God's presence. God's presence is something to, to move into, to not get stuck in. So I, I want to share something with you. So we, we, we have been, um, we try and gather to pray a little bit more. Um, we're trying to be more better, <laughs> more better in our, in our prayer life. And so last night, um, one thing that's nice about being set up here <laughs> is last night we were able to come and practice. We didn't have to practice today. Um, so we were able to practice last night, but we, we had a little prayer meeting here. And we started at 730 so if you're ever interested in coming to prayer on Saturday, um, just let us know. Uh, it's not every Saturday, but uh, 7.30 is about the time that we will gather together to pray. And uh, so if you're ever interested in that, feel free to um, let us know. But last night, something happened. God began to move in here in our prayer meeting. And, and I was just walking, and there was just something about moving in the presence of God. Instead of just, there, there is respect. Don't get me wrong, there is respect and being respectful of the presence of God, but we have got to move in his presence because what he does is he urges us to move. And so when the movement has stopped, which should be when I'm laying in the ground somewhere or However it goes, I don't know, I won't be there. <laughs> but however it goes, that's when the movement should stop. I should strive to be in the presence of God. The priest had to have everything right. His life depended on him being right. So there's some things that I want to challenge you today. I, I want this message to uplift you and encourage you. Because there's some things that happened in the Bible in Matthew 27 that that completely changes what I just talked about. The priest had to wear a garment and had to be perfect and had to do the sacrifice just right before he could enter into the holiest of holies. What you have entered in here today, what you have entered in in this moment is you have entered into the holiest of holies. It's not this building, but it's the presence of God. And so there's some things that changed in Matthew 27. Verse 50, but Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and gave up his spirit. Suddenly, the curtain of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth quaked and the rocks were split. Think about this. When it says sanctuary, it was talking about the holiest of holies. 
It was talking about that place that only the high priest could enter in every once in a while. It was, it was talking about the thing that no one else got to experience. Only the lineage of the priests got to experience that. Only the guy wearing the hymn with the bells on it got to experience the holiest of holies. But when Jesus split that, when that tore, he gave, he gave you the responsibility he gave you the opportunity to be the, the, the priest of your house, to be able to minister not only to your family, not only to your friends, but to minister to the one true God, to minister to Jesus Christ. That's what I get to do when I enter into the holiest of holies. It's not all about me, but it's about worshiping God Almighty. So has the ringing stopped? So because of verse 51, the court curtain being torn, we have, a res we have the ability to enter into the kingdom, into the holiest of holies. In sometimes, and I pray this never happens, but sometimes we can allow the presence of God to become common to become something that we are used to. That when the presence of God comes in, we don't recognize it because we're distracted from Jesus. We're distracted from having our eyes on him. <clears throat> and so we look at this, when we see that the veil is separated, the holiest of holies, that's the place where God's spirit dwelt. The place where the priest could only enter. When Jesus tore the veil, this place was no longer contained. And it was no longer just the high priest that could enter. But it was you and I. We were given the opportunity to enter into the holiest of holies. Now, you don't have to do that only on Sunday morning. You don't have to do that only on Sunday afternoon or, you know, here and there. It can be any time you have the ability to enter into the holiest of holies. So how does that happen? How, do, how, does that, how does that work? Well, it takes some movement in your prayer life. You, you have got to have a prayer life. Like there's just, there's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. You've, you've got to have a prayer life if you're going to make it as a Christian. It's just something that we have got to do. So it takes some movement, some action on our part to enter into the holiest of holies. Think about this. The priest, when he entered into the holiest of holies, it, it's not clear how, um, how thick that it was, but some have estimated that the curtain that separated the holiest of holies was two meters thick. Think about this. He had some thick fabric that he had to push through. It wasn't just a tiny little drape hanging there. It was heavy fabric that he had to push through. Think about that for a moment. So when he pushed through, it took some effort on him. He continued to move as he pushed through that. There is going to be some heavy things that happen in your life. And if you don't have a prayer life with God that, that is deeper than just saying, God, I need your help, there's going to be days that it's going to be hard to push into the presence of God. I've been there. I know it's the truth. Like sometimes it's really hard to get into the presence of God. We struggle with it. Why is that? It's that fallen nature that we have, that sin nature that is in the world today. 
And the only way that we can overcome over and defeat that is by working on our relationship with God. If you think about it, many of us, when we're driving, we get distracted. I, sh- uh, I, sh- I try not to text and drive. I try to use like voice and, and stuff like that. I try to be good about it. But sometimes I get distracted. Sometimes my mind isn't fully on driving. Check out this. Each day in the United States, more than nine people are killed and more than 1,153 are injured in crashes that are reported to involve a distracted driver. Distracted driving is driving while doing another activity that takes your attention away from driving. Distracted driving can increase the chance of a motor vehicle crash. Think about that for a moment. If we relate that back to pushing into the presence of God. Let me borrow your, well, no, I won't bother. Let me borrow, is that Ashley's? Let me borrow Ashley's phone. I'm really connected to my phone, like in a bad way. I'll be honest. I have a problem, okay? (laughs) I admit it. (laughs) Um, and And I can get distracted. This can distract me from the presence of God. I begin to pray and push into the presence of God. I'm pushing that curtain back because I want to enter in the holiest of holies. And ba-ding. I got a notification on Facebook. Uh, let me put aside. I'm praying right now. And then I backed up away. So now I got to go back into pushing to get back into the presence of God, right? <laughs> well, I, I've, been, I've distracted myself. And so I've set myself back. And so here I go. I try to, I try to do it again. And, and this right here almost becomes the devil. Like we, we talk about, oh, the devil made me do it. No, you probably just did it because you made a mistake. Like own up to it. The devil isn't, you know, yeah, he's got some power, but he ain't that powerful. You've got power with Jesus Christ. So stop blaming everything on the devil and own up to it. Sometimes it's me. Sometimes it's Zach. <laughs> and so... I, if I would just turn my phone on silent, that vibrations, have you ever had phantom vibrations? You know, that's a thing. Yeah, like your phone vibrates and you like check your phone. Oh, it was nothing. Oh, it vibrated again. What, what in the world is vibrating? <laughs> nothing is vibrating. It's my mind with an addiction. Did you know that it's like an actual addicted to your phone? Every year we try and get away for a little bit and try and just unplug and, and, and turn off our phones and like just step away. Because it's hard to hear from God when, rea- when, when life is screaming in your ear. When you look at Facebook or you look at Instagram or you look at whatever social media thing you're on, you get on there and all of a sudden you just are overwhelmed by negativity. Now, I, I'm using cell phone. It can be... It can be your TV. It can be whatever, you're, whatever is taking up your time is what, is, is what essentially is you're putting before God. Now, I don't say that you can't, you know, enjoy some, you know, time with your family and hanging out and, you know, play some game on your, whatever. That's, you know, that's fine. But ask yourself, am I spending too much time entertaining my flesh? 
than entertaining the presence of God. Because remember, Aaron was to minister. That was his responsibility. Remember, Jesus tore the veil and made it your responsibility now to minister. That means if you want to have the presence of God in your house, if you want to see changes in your house, then you have got to push. There's going to be some hard days where it's hard to push past that veil into the holiest of holies. But I can guarantee you that if you do it, if you push past in prayer and you'll begin to get your life where it needs to be, it changes things. Look at this. There are three main types of distractions. Visual, taking your eyes off the road. That's looking at your, looking over at the screen on your car and changing the, uh, changing the, air conditioning and changing the mirror directions. That's why they say in driver's training that you're to do that before you start driving. Get your jams all. Now, all of us are professional drivers and <laughs> we've been driving since we were 15 years old or older. <laughs> I've been driving since I was like seven. <laughs> and I, I adjust my mirror while I'm driving down the road. I'm doing two things now. I'm doing a visual distraction and a manual distraction, taking your hands off the wheel. There's another one, a cognitive, taking your mind off driving. Now, I feel I'm safe to say I can adjust my rear view mirror while I'm driving down the road safely without getting into a car accident. Now, I say that very carefully. <laughs> I don't want to get into a car accident. And so I do try and adjust my mirror before I go. It's the moment when we take our mind off of driving. Think about that. We're driving down the road. How many of us daydream? Like, oh, yeah. I'm a, uh, I'm a very, very much a vivid daydreamer. Like, um, I can think about stories in my head, and I'm just like, I see it. Like, it, like, it's there. Like, it's reality to me almost for a moment. Like, I'm having a conversation with my wife about something. <laughs> She's answering and responding. And then later on down the way, sure, I was like, <laughs> uh, I've said this before. Didn't we have this discussion, Rochelle? I know we had this discussion. No. No, we didn't. I'm like, no, I know we did. Oh, wait a minute. Then I think about it. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I had a discussion with myself about having a discussion with my wife about, <laughs> oh, Jesus, help me, Lord. <laughs> now, I say that. It's funny. But sometimes we just stop thinking about Jesus. Sometimes we just stop thinking of, about ministering to him. And we get distracted into a... A mode that's about me. It's okay to pray prayers about yourself, about what you need. But sometimes to enter into the holiest of holies, you need to minister. But how do you do that? It takes some movement. It's lifting your hands, worshiping. It's okay to clap. It's okay to talk out loud. You know, keep your mind on what you're doing. I'm trying to push into the presence of God. Just like when you're driving, you try to keep all your senses focused on what you're doing because the rumble strips are not meant to warn you, hey, you're looking at your phone too long. They're meant to warn you that you're about to run off of the road. 
And there are some rumble strips in our faith. There's some things that we can do to check ourselves, to be like, whoa, I, I, need, to, I need to readjust because I'm no longer where I need to be in Jesus. you got to listen. Don't listen for the rumble strips to let you know when you need to adjust, but listen to the voice of God. Look ahead. Keep your, your eyes on Jesus so that you know as you're driving through this, this, this road of life that you know the curves and the turns that you've got to make. Stop being distracted and waiting for the rumble strip because sometimes you're going to be in the left-hand lane and you're going to be coming to a head-on collision with something in your life and you won't even see it because you're waiting on the rumble strip to alert you, to let you know you've gone too far. You can't be listening. Listening to that, you've got to listen to the voice of God. That is what should drive us. That is what should keep us in the lane. That's what should keep us going. And so it is our responsibility as the priests of our household, as, as people of God, to minister not to just ourselves and our family, but to minister to Jesus Christ. So had the priest become distracted, he would have died when he entered to the holiest of holies. His focus had to be on God. He had to be open to the voice of God. We're no longer separated by that veil. But the spirit of God is allowed to move freely in our lives. But you can stop that. So, what does the ringing has to stop mean? It can mean a couple of things. If the ringing has stopped, it could mean that you've forgotten the power of the presence of God. That it's so easy when something becomes common to just do it out of repetition. The other day I went to, I did work this week. <laughs> Monday morning. <laughs> Got up at 5 a.m. <laughs> My notes reminded me. <laughs> exactly, that's why I came. <laughs> Got up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Drove to Fargo to work. and I, It's a job that I've had for probably 10 years now almost, working as a surgical tech. I, uh, I get there. It's been a while. Like, I, I've worked at Essentia a couple times this year, but it's been a while since I've, since I've actually had a C-section, you know? And, like, I, like, it's a job. Like, C-sections, like, back up. I used to just, it was nothing. Like, I loved it. It was always rush and just fun and you know, I, did, I just loved it. It was fast. And come in. I've got three C-sections this morning scheduled. And I'm like, this is my first one for the year, I think. <laughs> and uh, better yet, the first one and the doctor's left-handed, so everything's backwards. <laughs> and I started talking about this in Bible study. And it was so quickly forgotten how I used to do this and so like I went early and I set up a little early so I could remember the setup and everything and so I'm running the procedure through my brain and you know what everything went fine 
Like, I've done it for 10 years. I can, I can do it. <laughs> but there was a fear inside of me because it had been a while since I had done it. And it's crazy how we can forget something that is something that, that, that I did every single day for 10 years. How do you forget that? Well, I, I didn't forget it, but, but there was fear. I wasn't comfortable anymore because it had been so long that I had done it that I was no longer comfortable in what I did or I was no longer confident in it. Sometimes we can do the same thing with the presence of God. We treat it as common and we, 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 we forget what it's like to push through that veil, to push through that and get into the holiest of holies, to get into that place where God begins to move in our lives. And so if the ringing has stopped, it could be because we stopped moving. Because we allowed the presence of God to get common. We allowed the presence of God to just be something that we enjoy every once in a while. And you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll get it when I need it. Instead of it being something that we try and get on a daily basis. I was doing some research as I was studying for this message. And I found a story that I want to read to you about some monks that used to mummify themselves. The last one being in 1903. Now, the first question I said is, how do you mummify yourself? Like, that's something that something happens, like the pharaohs, remember? Like, King Tut, he was, like, mummified after he died. How do you mummify yourself? Like, this, was a, this is a thing. The last one in 1903 happened in Japan. Um, they would eat bark and nuts and anything that they could forage from the mountain for 1,000 days. Whoa, okay, that just sounds like a diet I do not want to go on. I don't know what you call that, low carb, like uh, <laughs> low, low nutritional value. <laughs> I don't know, but these monks, this is what they would do, and they would do it. Some of them would do it two to three times before trying to mummify themselves. Think about the commitment. Like, that's what I want to look at real quick. Think about the commitment. A thousand days, I'm going to eat some nuts and bark. You got to be committed to what you believe. You got to be sold out like everything, like I'm going to eat bark for a thousand days. And then if I don't feel ready, I'm going to do it again. Maybe I'm going to do it three to three thousand days. I'm going to eat nuts and bark. And we think sometimes Christians are crazy. I'm just saying. <laughs> when they were ready to enter their state, they would cut all food and drink salinized water for 100 days. Whoa. Think about this for a moment. They were willing to, they spent between 1,000 and 3,000 days. That's it, 3,000 days. That's like, that's over 10, that's over 10 years. Giving themselves to mummify themselves. Now look at what they would do. This is what caught my attention. Was it in that last hundred days they were to meditate on the salvation of mankind while waiting to die? Now, the Bible is hugely different in what it says for us to do because it talks about in the Bible that the harvest is 
ready, but the laborers are few to pray for laborers of the harvest. The, the, Bible, the Bible says that, 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 that we should be actively engaged in reaching people, not, not meditating on the salvation of mankind while waiting to die. We're to be actively engaged in reaching people to love people. I don't need to meditate about the salvation of mankind. Rather, I need to get busy helping people find the right way. I need to help people find their way to Jesus. If I can point one person to Jesus, I I've lived a good life. I have lived a great life because I took someone with me to heaven. That's what my goal is. That's what I want to see. I want to see people saved. And so when I look at this and how devout they were and how sincere they were, they were still sincerely wrong because that's not, that's not salvation. Listen to what would happen. Finally, when the devout felt death approaching, his disciples would lower him into a pine box. He's still alive. At the bottom of a pit three meters deep in a predetermined spot, they would then pack charcoal around the box, insert a bamboo airway through the lid, and bury their master alive. Wow. The Bible doesn't call for anything crazy like that. To enter the presence of God, it just takes a willing person to say, yes, God. It just takes a willing person to get down on your knees. God, I need you. God, I want to, not only I need you to minister to me, but God, I want to minister to you. It, it just takes some movement on your part, and God begins to move. But there was something more that happened. Sitting in total darkness, the monk would meditate and regularly ring a bell to signal, signal that he was still alive. day I'm just going to occasionally ring a bell to signal I'm alive that all I'm doing is waiting to die the unfortunate thing is all across this nation there are people who are Christians there are people who profess to follow Jesus Christ but just find themselves just ringing a bell barely alive just a little bit I'm just waiting to die. And the reality is, is as a Christian, we're to live a full life. We're to see signs, miracles, and wonders that follow them that believe. There's supposed to be something about a Christian that is life and life more abundantly. If you find yourself in that state, just occasionally ringing a bell just to let everyone know you're alive. Today is a day to stop doing that. You see, when the ringing stopped, it meant he was dead. And then they would go and unpack him and, 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 and seal it up. And that's how he would mummify himself. And it was only successful on 17 people over the course from like eight, the 18, the, oh, it was longer than that, a long time. Like 17 people were successful in mummifying themselves. Think about this for a moment. There were 
I don't know, maybe hundreds of people that attempted to do this, this enlightenment, to reach this status in, in, their, in, their, in their faith. And what Jesus is asking for you to do is to turn your life over to him. And he wants to help you. He wants to guide you and lead you and, and direct your paths and direct your footsteps. Stop just sitting there and, and being comfortable with where you are because there's so much more in a relationship with God. There is so much more in a relationship with God than sitting there and waiting to die. The problem that I see is the ringing stopped a long time ago. When he signed his death wish, when he said, you know what, the way I'm going to live my life, I'm going to eat bark and nuts. I'm going to do that. and I'm, I'm doing this for death. That for the next thousand days to three thousand days. His sole thought was I'm preparing myself for death. We can't get caught up that we miss the moving of God's spirit. I, I didn't get put on this earth to prepare for death. But I got put on this earth to prepare myself to get ready to make it to heaven. And not only that, but I'm going to take someone with me. It's going to be more than just my wife. It's going to be more than just my family. I'm taking someone with me. I want you all to make it to heaven with me. But it's ultimately your decision. We have got to do this together. We've got to keep, we've got to keep the movement going. I'm going to minister to you. You're going to minister to me. We're going to minister to Jesus Christ. And, and we're going to see a move of God like never before. We we can't be satisfied with where we are. When was the last time you were stirred by the moving of God's spirit more than the ringing of your cell phone, more than the vibrations that were there, more than more than the Facebook notifications? I'm preaching to myself right now. I've been there where the where the presence of God is moving, but my phone rings and I take a phone call because that was important to me at the moment. It's not the only thing that distracts me from the moving of God is my phone. Just promise you that. My thoughts do that too. <laughs> I'm trying to pray and I'm like, okay, I need to do this and I need to do this and I need to do that. <laughs> Funny story. There was a preacher that I was listening to one time. and He was like, you know what I started doing? If the devil's going to mess with me that way, and he's going to put all these thoughts in my head when I'm trying to pray. I'm going to get a pen and paper and start taking notes so that every time I have a to-do pop into my head while I'm praying, I'm going to write it down and I'm going to say, thank you for giving me that thought. <laughs> Funny. Yeah, use, use what the devil throws at you for good. Use what the devil throws at you to do something for God. And I'm like, last night when I was praying, there were some things that were popping into my head. And I was like, well, that's not the devil, but I'm going to take note of this. <laughs> um, in all of this, and I'm closing, I want to ask you, Are you like the, the monk that's just ringing a bell to signify you're alive? Or are you like Aaron who has movement in your life, movement in your relationship with God? Has the ringing stopped or is it still there? You see, 
the only time that ringing was supposed to stop was when Aaron died. I, I don't want to be that. I, I want to see God move. I, I want to see God change our lives. To change this city, I can tell you, there is hurts and pains, not only in this city, but probably sitting in this room. There's people that have been hurt by churches, by friends, by family. And sometimes you get angry at God. And I say that because I've been that person who's been hurt by church, who's been hurt by people, who's been hurt by my friends, my family. And I tell you that To live as a victorious Christian requires us to sometimes do what's hardest and to say, God, I've got these hurts and pains. And I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, that there's going to be people in this city that are touched, that are changed. And I believe that there's people in this church that are going to be touched and are going to be changed, that are going to be drawn closer to the moving of God's spirit. The Bible says, signs and wonders shall follow them that believe. They'll cast out devils in my name. They'll speak with a new tongue. When we come to Jesus, there should be a change that takes place. There should be something that happens. A desire to draw closer to him. This is something that I'm going to say this because I'm not the only guy in here. Men, we've got to lead our homes. we got to be, we have got to pray. Men, me included, every man that hears this, you have got to pray like never before. Now, I don't say that to like, let the ladies off as a pass. You guys have a different connection with God than what men do. It's, there's a different relationship that's there. You have got to pray too. You've got to pray for your husbands. You've got to pray for the leadership of this country. We have got to, just as it says in the Bible, we have got to turn from our ways and then and repent and so that God can hear, so that he can heal our land. That's what I want to see. Look, I, I see everything that's going on. I hear the chants of the people that are hurt. I hear the, I hear the chants of people that have felt injustice. But I can tell you the one thing, the only name that you need to say the only name that can save you is the name of Jesus it tears me up to see my country so divided so tore up when I signed on the dotted line for the military I signed because I love my country I love where I'm at I love where I live this is I would die for this country but what more did Jesus do? And he said, I would die for the world. I love this place. I love these people. Oh, God. It breaks my heart to see our country the way that it is. And we must have an awakening. And why not 
Why not have that awakening start right here? Why not have that awakening start right here in a small 40-seat sanctuary, in a, in, a small, in a small church plant? Why, why not have that begin right now, right here? Why don't we do this right now? What I want to challenge you to do is begin to get a hold of God for what you need. Get a hold of God and begin to, to, to pray right now. God, we need to hear your voice, God. We need you to heal our land, God. God, don't let the ringing stop in my life. This is an opportunity for you to draw closer to him. Maybe you want to bow. Maybe you want to get on your knees. Maybe you just lift your hands. Give some movement to the presence of God today. Oh, Jesus.